Welcome to PAC Capital's PAC Recap. My name's Mike McClay, and on this show, we're going to recap what's going on in the market and break down major financial concepts, all while having a little bit of fun along the way. All right, welcome back, and thanks for listening to this month's episode, Don't Fear the Repo. I'm Mike McLean from PAC Capital, and let's dive right in. In August, risk markets moved lower on escalation of the U.S.-China trade war, touching a low on the S&P 500 around 2840. Equity markets have since recovered because of a new round of negotiations between China and the U.S. scheduled for early October, with the market pricing optimism around this discussion and a mini-deal the most likely outcome. 2020 U.S. elections will most likely provide a breakpoint in these negotiations, and I would expect an easing of pressure, at least from the U.S. side of the table. Having said that, this topic has been negative for risk assets and has introduced considerable volatility into the market since 2018. This is a fast-moving market factor that can change on a dime, and it has been. It's best to stay nimble on this topic and don't get over your ski tips one way or the other based on off-the-cuff remarks, which tend to mean revert once a commentary has been vetted by market participants anyways. Looking at economic data points, the manufacturing sector, which has borne the brunt of the trade war, it was good to see global manufacturing PMI move up a bit after bottoming in July. So far, there's been no spillover from reduced business spending to the consumer. Consumer confidence in spending is holding and is the largest contributor to U.S. GDP growth. A weakening U.S. consumer would be very negative and something that should be watched closely. Consumer balance sheets appear to be healthy with low leverage, a tight jobs market, and policy support which continues to provide a backdrop to the U.S. consumer. Moving on to central banks and monetary policy, global central banks have synchronized accommodative monetary policy, keeping interest rates low and risk assets fully valued at best. Given current market events and the trajectory, I expect the Fed to cut one more time this year in either October or December. Fed funds futures are pricing a 50% probability of a 25 basis point cut in October and a 75% chance of a 25 basis point cut in December. Those percentages will fluctuate as new information is processed by the market, with geopolitical risks being the likely driver, specifically trade developments with China. Looking at current market conditions, while we are back near all-time highs, risk positioning appears light, with this being one of the most unloved market rallies I can remember. There's a lot happening behind the scenes, specifically regarding factor rotation. In early September, we had an enormous five-standard deviation move in the value factor versus growth momentum or low-vol factors. This is something we've been positioning for in our portfolios and expecting. I would look to see it continue. Outside China-U.S. trade negotiations, we had another geopolitical risk headline drop recently, and that's the whistleblower's formal complaint regarding President Donald Trump and newly elected Ukrainian President Zelensky and the impeachment investigation that followed. So far, markets have not adjusted pricing or risk premium on this topic, but if new news, momentum, or missteps occur handling these events on either side of the aisle, then moves the electability of any front-running candidates of either party. That will have major implications for risk assets, as policy views vary widely among candidates. I view this area as risk skewed to the downside. The second noteworthy event is the disruption in the repo market. This is an often ignored and sometimes viewed as boring part of financial markets. It doesn't really get that much attention unless there's a problem. And a problem we certainly have, but not necessarily the problem or implication that's been reported on in mainstream business publications. Before we get into this topic, I want to take a second and review the basics of what a repo is. A repo or repurchase agreement is, let's say I hold U.S. Treasury bills, but I need cash. I could sell the U.S. Treasury bill to somebody and agree to buy it back at some point in the future, 
for a slightly higher dollar price. The difference between what I sold it for and the slightly higher dollar price I had to pay to buy it back is the repo rate. A reverse repo is the opposite of that transaction. What I heard were the causes of this most recent spike in the short-term funding markets were tax payments being paid, absorption by primary dealers of recent large U.S. Treasury issuance, and a massive cash grab by the Saudis after their oil facilities were attacked. Whatever the ultimate culprit for this cash scarcity was, the fact is the issue of short-term funding, repos and reverse repos, and the soaring borrowing costs which has been reported on extensively, can be fixed fairly easily, and for the most part, has been fixed, with the additional liquidity the Fed has been providing. Hence the name of this month's podcast, Don't Fear the Repo. For monetary policy, The Federal Open Market Committee has used the repo rate to add and trade reserves to adjust the Fed funds rate to match its target. That, historically, has been what they've done. For large financial institutions, the repo market provides the operating leverage that the biggest banks rely on to grease the gears of their mammoth operations. The real issue is how the Fed could have such grossly misunderstood the technical factors in this market, allowing a significant imbalance between supply and demand for market participants. The mechanisms of the repo market are fine. And they continue to work. Don't fear them. The real fear is global central banks' unprecedented stimulus programs, which have never been tested or done before and require exacting and precise understanding of global capital markets. So if the Fed misunderstood the short-term liquidity technicals of the repo market, that doesn't bode well for their ability to steer the rest of the Fed's balance sheet, which holds significantly more complex assets and more dynamic market structures. This portfolio is one of the biggest portfolios in the world, and it must be unwound at some point in the future. While short-term repo rates have settled down into a normal range after the Fed's pumped hundreds of billions of dollars into the repo market beginning mid-September, the issue to watch is, does the short-term funding pressure move outside of the repo markets, say into commercial paper? That would be a very negative event and trigger a very large risk-off move. That's what you should be watching. For further discussions of strategy or portfolio management services, please contact us. Our contact information is available on the website. We're happy to meet to review your portfolio and discuss any of these topics in more detail. Until next time, this is Mike McLean from Pack Capital. Personal opinions are mine as of the date recorded, which may include details of current market conditions, which may fluctuate. Pack Capital does not assume any responsibility to update any forward-looking statements. Nothing in this episode constitutes tax, legal, or financial advice, is a security or strategy recommendation, or should be construed as an offer to buy or sell a security or any type of solicitation. No representation or warranty is expressed or implied by PAC Capital or guest as to the accuracy, completeness, or fairness of any information in this episode. Any liability as a result of this recording is expressly disclaimed. Copyright 2019, PAC Capital, LLC, all rights reserved.